Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. And welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to part two of this episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. If you're watching me live on YouTube and Facebook, please, or I'm sorry, thank you for sticking with me. If you're, if you downloaded part two on, on, on the audio, audio side, I appreciate that. I, I, I thank you for, for, uh, for downloading the second half. And before I get before I get into the second half of the show, I just want to pull up a comment from or a question from Jeff Dunn from Facebook, and he says, "A lot of motion, uh, two tight end sets, Ben under center. Well, those first two are certainly a, a staple of Matt Canada's offense, and you could take that to the bank because he loves motion, as we saw last year earlier in the year when he was the uh, quarterbacks coach, and his his uh, fingerprints were not on the offense. A lot of jet sweeps, a lot of a lot of motion." Then I kind of went away as the year went along for whatever reason. Uh, there's a lot of speculation for why that went away, but it definitely went away. And of course, the two the two tight end sets, absolutely. Ben under center, that's a different story. I don't know. I mean, I think we can all agree that Ben's not that uh, fond of being under center anymore. I think he's pretty, he certainly has a fondness for uh, – taking the, the uh, snap out of, out of shotgun formation. So we'll have to see. I mean, he is 39 years old. He is like a lot of quarterbacks of his stature and his longevity set in his ways. He does have a lot of influence. He does have a lot of power within the organization. So uh, we'll see just how much of Can- of Matt Canada's uh, scheme is, is, is implemented in year one when the, uh, the old gunslinger is still here. Uh, and 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 how much is left out and maybe saved until the old gunslinger rides off into the sunset, so to speak. So 
The first two, uh, Jeff, definitely. The last one, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I wouldn't bet. I wouldn't bet on it. That's for sure. At least not right away. And let's see. I don't know what this means here, but Andrew Will, Andrew Wilbar, one of our contributors, says false start. Everyone but the center. I don't know what that means. Maybe there. Maybe he's talking about Kendrick Green. I don't know. But I'm going to talk about some more about the draft, and that is the uh, uh, second part of the draft, the the back end of the draft, and and a player I'm really excited about, and that's Quincy Roche, the edge-slash-outside linebacker from Miami by way of Temple. And here's a guy who was – incredibly productive in college he really was i mean he was the the american athletic conference defensive player of the year in 2019 he had 20 uh 26 sacks for during his time at temple and then he transferred to miami for 2020 it was a bit of a weird year for everybody involved uh and maybe that affected him he had four and a half sacks but he was still a third team uh, uh, all American or all conference, I should say in the ACC, which is a pretty darn good conference. So he made third team. So, I mean, there's somebody who might be able to, uh, uh, make, do some damage here. I mean, certainly there's room behind TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith, uh, as far as, uh, depth at outside linebacker. I think they definitely can use some, some depth there. They, they really don't have much in the way of, uh, of, of, bodies really even you know anybody proven so here's somebody who's gonna get his chance i think even as a six-round pick he could come in and who knows i mean uh we saw it with vince williams who certainly didn't have the uh uh even the pedigree of a a roche even though they were both six-round picks i think roche is kind of he's coming into into the pros uh with a little bit more um I, i guess uh pedigree Certainly, a lot of people thought he he should be drafted higher. So, I'm really excited to see what he can do. You know, and, and that's the great thing about about uh, this draft is, you know, you, you weren't gonna you weren't gonna address every position with premium picks, but uh, you know, if you could find some diamonds in the rough later uh, later on, uh, like four through seven, then I think you know, and, and maybe develop one you know, one or two of those players into something into a contributor. Then I think you're, I think you're doing okay, and you know I think we have to remember that uh, not every not everybody on this draft class in this draft class is going to amount to anything. In fact, probably most of them aren't. That's just how it is. You know, if they can find a a a a, a superstar, a couple of starters, and maybe some contributors on special teams, you're ahead of the ahead of the grade when it comes to most uh, draft classes, most teams uh, and their draft classes. So. Uh, the other day I was, after we did the hangover, somebody wrote on YouTube, uh, that I said, it was like some almost incoherent kind of thing, which is common for the internet. They said, what do you mean? Seven starters. We're not going to find seven starters. You're you're crazy. And he put the crazy emoji thing, which to me tells me that you're crazy, but that's just my opinion. Anyway, I don't think I said anything like that. And I would never say anything like that, at least not on purpose, because you're not going to find seven starters in any draft class. And if you do, you're probably going to go on a 10 year run of, of being a Super Bowl contender. So good for you. 
So if you can find a few players uh, from this draft class that, that are, that become major contributors, you're doing a good job. And I think, I think the way they addressed it, they, they, they spent their, their top three picks on three positions that could, where starters can come in and, and contribute from day one. Uh, they used their two fourth round picks on, on guys that maybe can de- develop in the starters. The fifth round pick, Louder Milk. I mean, I didn't get it. He seems a lot like Carlos Davis and Isaiah Bugs. And the fact that they traded a future fourth round pick to move up into the fifth round to get him, it was kind of weird because they probably could have uh, drafted him in the seventh round or even signed him as an undrafted free agent. But I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm willing to, to see what this guy has. As I said, I'm not going to speak in absolutes when it comes to the draft. I'm not going to just automatically write this guy off. I mean, you know, to me, that's silly when anybody does that, you know, because it's just, you just don't know how these players are going to turn out. So, uh, you know, he can maybe come in and, and at the very least, who knows, maybe he's, he's a, um, a valuable backup for them. Like an LT Walton was for, for, for many years. If you remember him and of course, uh, Roche, Trey Howard, the, uh, the Trey Howard, Trey Norwood. I'm sorry. Trey Norwood from, from Oklahoma. The, as Mike Tomlin called him, the Swiss army knife, which, uh, uh, tells me that they're looking for him to be a, a cornerback, a safety, nickel, dime. Um, but he was a seventh-round pick, so you know if he, if he makes it on special teams, he's he's uh, ahead of the game. And then, of course, uh, Harvin, the punter, who everybody already, already loves. I mean, this big 260-pound punter who uh, they showed him lift, lifting weights, doing uh, uh, deadlifts in the, uh, in the gym. So he looks like he, he could potentially be a character. He won the Ray Guy Award last year, uh, the first African American punter ever to win the award. So that's, that's that's pretty pretty cool. So a lot of people are, are hoping that he beats out Jordan Berry, but I wouldn't bet I wouldn't bet on it just yet. Jordan Berry has a seems to have nine lives, he, and, and actually he's not really as bad. If you look at the overall stats, he's not he's not the worst punter in the league. He's probably in the middle of the pack. But you know, again, that group think a lot of people. <laughs> are under the impression that he's the worst punter in the league, which really stats wise, he's not, but there's certainly room for improvement and maybe Harvin can be that guy. So those are, are my overall thoughts on the draft. Um, just want to touch a bit on, on the, uh, the decision to not bring back or not, not bring back to, to not uh, give Terrell Edmonds the, his fifth round, uh, his fifth year, why I really mangled that they declined to pick up Terrell Edmonds fifth year option, which would have amounted, amounted to 6.7 million. And when I first saw that, I was kind of surprised because I thought that was a pretty good rate for a starting safety, even one that's not a, uh, a pro bowler. And if he, if he does wind up on the open market, uh, he's probably going to get around that for uh, a yearly salary for a base salary. So I don't know what the Steelers are hoping to get, as far as um, a hometown discount from him, if they, if they are, if they do work out a, a, a long-term deal, but it's probably not going to be much below 6.7. I'm guessing it's just, it's just, I just don't see it, but it's just, to me, it's just the thing that disappointed me about that is it's like just the, the overall, what appears to be a dismantling of, of the uh, secondary already after a couple of years where it was 
a force. I mean, it, it took them forever to build the secondary into a into a respectable unit, and it was almost an elite unit for a while there. And now, uh, you uh, you know, Mike Hilton left, which we all saw coming, but still, he was a valuable player. He's gone. You don't know how Cam Sutton's gonna gonna come in and and and, and play that role, or you don't know if he's gonna be the have to be the outside guy now because they they cut Stephen Nelson. Um, Kevin Colbert said on the uh, fan on Thursday that that was definitely a salary cap move. Uh, so they didn't want to pay him the 8 million. Uh, so they cut him and now Edmonds, you're declining to pick up his fifth year option, which uh, exposes him to, to free agency next year. So provided you don't work out a long-term deal before then. So the question is, what's the plan? You know, uh, who's going to be your number two, corner if it's cam sutton who plays the slot you know uh that, that, that that's you know what do you do next year if you go in to the to the off season and you just have uh fitzpatrick and sutton as your only veterans under contract because that's what your only proven veterans i should say under contract because that's what it's going to be uh, joe hayden's going into his, the final year of his contract um uh you're not you're not picking up Edmonds' final year, so what's the plan? You don't have much on the on the roster right now, at least in terms of proven players. People were excited about James Pierre, but he's unproven. Justin Lane is obviously unproven. They're they're, they're they they don't have much in the way of of, of safety depth. They they signed uh, Arthur Millette from the Jets. Previously, previously of the Jets uh, today on Friday, actually, he's a nice veteran, but he's not somebody who you would think would project as a, a long-term answer as the starter. Um, as far as guys like Miles Killebrew, I mean, he's mostly a special teams guy up to this point of his career. So you don't have much there. Uh, so what's the plan? You, you could talk about all these undrafted free agents they brought in guys like Shakur Brown um, and, 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 yeah, that is "quote unquote" great draft value to get a guy like that because he was the the highest rated defensive back in the Big Ten according to the, the uh, according to Pro Football Focus in terms of coverage anyway coverage grade. But still, he was an undrafted free agent, and and you know Mark Gilbert, undrafted free agent, or, you know another, another um, defensive back from Duke, uh, Lamont Wade, a safety from Penn uh, from Penn State. You know, these are nice. It's, it's always exciting to when, when you find um, undrafted free agents that may have been that may that perhaps should have been drafted, but they're still, you know, you had all these teams that passed on them in the draft. So why did that happen? There has to be a reason. So, you know, it's funny. People talk about guys like, you know, guys like this as potential future starters, yet they freak out when, when you draft a running back in the first round. So, it's kind of funny. So that's just, uh, I'm a little concerned about, about the, uh, the Edmonds thing. Cause I think, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, I read when I wrote my article, somebody said he stinks. He does not stink. He might not be Troy Palomalo, but he doesn't stink. They, they rely on him to do a lot of things. They relied on him last year to cover the tight end specifically. So at least that's my understanding. So that, that serves a valuable role right there because they've had so much, so many problems with that over the years. So he doesn't stink. The question is um, who, who can they, if they can't sign him to a deal, 
who can they bring in to replace him and and what, what will they have to pay because guys like sean davis when he his first foray into free agency back in 2020 he got a, a deal for four million a year i mean that's you're talking about saving two or three million in 2022 i guess it would be um to bring in a new safety is that is that really worth it if it's if it's a major downgrade i don't know so those are my thoughts for tonight, and I will end the show by taking some questions and comments. So let's see what you guys have. And here's Ben Tavares, and he says, Nelson, one-year deal. And I wouldn't mind that. And, you know, again, uh, people talk about him being average. I, I think that's a little revisionist history because he spent his two years here um, uh, getting pretty decent reviews by just about everybody. And all of a sudden he leaves and, and he's average, which is not true. If you can get him at a, at a, at a reduced price, I think you should go for it because it's not easy finding starting caliber corners in the NFL, especially the Steelers. So if they can find, uh, if they can find a way to, to mend defenses with, with Steven Nelson, even for one more year, I think they should, they should really seriously do that. And, and this is from Jeff Dunn, who says he is underachieved, which uh, that's kind of weird because he was a lot of people said he was a reach. He should have been drafted in the second round. He's been a starter ever since since his rookie year. So I don't think he's underachieved. He's gotten better each year. I mean, I don't think anybody expected Terrell Edmonds to be Ronnie Lott or Troy Polamalu or anybody like that. They just expected him to be a a, 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 a pretty good to even great strong safety. He hasn't reached a great part yet, but I think he's been pretty good. You know, it's like Dave Schofield said, if he was a second round pick, people wouldn't have, have, have zero problem with, with Troy Edmonds. And, and what I find funny about them not wanting to pick up the 6.7 million for his fifth year option is they were more than happy to pick up Bud Dupree's fifth year option for 9 million. And, and he had a pretty decent run up to that point, probably a lot better than people thought he had 20, career sacks going into, into 2019. But a lot of people were upset that they picked up that $9 million. So they were, they were perfectly fine with doing that, but they didn't want to pick up Edmonds, uh fifth year option for 6.7. So it, it, it's uh, Kevin Colbert said it was for salary cap reasons, but you know, you're going to have more room next year. Maybe not as much room as it looks right now, because you're going to have to work out some deals for TJ Watt and Fitzpatrick and who knows what else, but, you're certainly going to have more room than, than they've had in a while. And you would think they'd be able to find room for a, for a, a starting strong safety. Who's still going to be in his mid twenties. That's just, this is my, my opinion. Here's one from Donald Nolan. He says, Tony, between all the DBs you just mentioned, do you think we got a guy that can fill the nickel dime role to keep Sutton on the outside? I don't know. I don't know. A lot of people were uh, excited about Shakur Brown. I mean, there's somebody, I, I don't know if he can play the slot. I, I don't know what his, uh, his str strengths are as a, as a, as a corner. I just know that uh, he graded pretty highly and he was projected to go in the middle portion of the draft. Um, people were talking about Antoine Brooks being able to fill that role. Uh, the guy from Maryland who they drafted in the sixth round last year, I uh, didn't even, somebody I didn't even consider, but he was also considered somebody who didn't necessarily have a position. So maybe he's another jack of all trades, Swiss Army knife, who can fill that role. I don't know. It's that's the great thing about 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 the NFL is 
so many, so many of these draft picks, they make uh, great leaps from their first to second year. Maybe Antoine Brooks can be that surprise uh, guy to do that. Um, as far as the new guys, I don't, I don't know. I mean, um, this, this uh, Arthur Millette, if I'm saying his name right, I know he has position flexibility. From what I saw on, uh, um, on the internet when I, when I re- researched him before the show, he's played some safety and he's played some corner in this day. So, <laughs> so maybe he's a possibility. Uh, he's still in his 20s, so it's not like he's, he's totally over the hill, but he's definitely a journeyman. And here's one from Andrew Wilbar, and he says, Tony, would you sign Eric Fisher if he can fit under the salary cap? I know line with Fisher, Dawson Green, DeCastro, and Banner sounds really good. Um, I know he was he was a the first overall pick not long ago. The only question about him is why the Chiefs cut him. I, I know he struggled mightily uh, last year. At least the Chiefs line did. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know because the, 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 the defending AFC champions just got rid of him. So I don't know if he's he seems like somebody that might be kind of like in the same boat as uh, Villanueva. He's a cast off and and. Uh, I, 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 it seemed like he'd be somebody that, w- that would want a, just because of his reputation anyway, would want a, a fairly decent salary. He wouldn't want a uh, a vet minimum. Um, I don't know. I, I think, honestly, I think they're committed to, to finding out about Shooks and Banner. And, 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 and if they can't make it work, then you have Joe Haig as, a, as, a, as the backup and somebody that, that um, who's a veteran who could, who could, man either one of those positions if they needed him to at least for the rest of for for the majority of the 2021 season so i I probably wouldn't do it because i i I mean even if i wanted to do it i don't think they're going to do it because i think they're committed to those guys so thank you for that question and here's original ox and he says his shooks are left tackle of the future well i was listening to the colbert interview on the fan on thursday and I mean, you know, he's a former third-round pick, so maybe Kevin Colbert's biased and he, and he wants to um, look good uh, after making that pick in 2018. But he 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 said that he that they always felt that he could be a better left tackle, and that was a that was a sentiment when he came out of college that he would make a better left tackle than a right tackle. I don't know much about offensive line play, but all I can tell you is that's that's been the the popular sentiment. So. All I can say is they're definitely going to give him the, the, the first crack at it. He's going to be the he's going to get the first shot. In fact, Colbert said, uh, and you can take this as a grain, with a grain of salt, but he said on Thursday that if game if, if week one was today, that that Shooks would be the starting left tackle. Uh, but you know, obviously, there's a lot that could happen happen between now and week one. Uh, like Andrew uh, brought up, you sign, signing a veteran like an Eric Fisher. Uh, maybe, maybe uh, Dan Moore is this year's Kevin Dotson, and he impresses so much in, in training camp that that he's a starter because you know he he came out of the draft as as the with the reputation of being a pure left tackle. And of course, there's Joe Haig. So I don't know. Um, overall, I, I really like what the Steelers did, and I um, I'm, I'm looking forward to um, to OTAs, whoever shows up for that, certainly the rookie camp and, and, and the mini camp and of course training camp. That's when it really, that's when the real fun begins. One thing I'll say about the draft is, is you, you, I've always learned to, 
to to sort of get excited about the new, the new draft class, even if I didn't know who most of them were, which I every year I don't know. I, I knew this year I knew obviously Najee Harris and I knew Fryermuth. The other seven had no clue, but after uh, learning about them a little bit, I'm kind of excited to see what they can do. So the next few months are going to be spent getting excited about these draft picks and uh, learning more about them. And then once the end of July hits and training camp commences, then we're really going to find out about what they're made of, at least initially, you know. So on that note, I will bid you all adieu. And I thank you for joining me as always. I thank you for the questions. I thank you for the participation. Just me. Thank you again for the $5 donation. I will talk to you guys. Uh, I think I'll be on. I'm going to be on, actually, I, I should tell you, I'll be on touchdown under with, uh, uh, Mark Davidson. I'll be filling in, uh, uh, Saturday night. So please, uh, check, uh, stay, uh, tune into that. Hopefully I'll be, uh, uh, less, uh, hyper than I am tonight. And I'll talk a little slower. But uh, please uh, uh, stay tuned to that. And if you don't catch me there, catch me on Monday on The Hangover. Until then, you guys have a great weekend. Goodbye, everybody. Go Steelers. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.